Hi, and welcome back to CEO Academy. My name is Olivia Milliner. And I'm Emma Bywater. This is a place for girls to learn from accomplished and inspiring women who are changing the world. Tune in weekly to hear from strong and empowered women who are leading the force for change. We are so excited to have you and we hope you enjoy. So we'll just have you kind of start talking about yourself a little bit, a little bit about your background, where you came from and all that. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. This is so fun. Um, yeah, so I um, am the senior director of the apps team here at Vivint Smart Home. I've been here since fe- February 2021. Um, prior to Vivint, I had the opportunity to work uh, leading strategic planning at a tech company in the Bay Area called Slack. Uh, and then I spent three years at Facebook before that um, and spent a variety of different things doing management consulting, running a startup. Um, and have an MBA as well. So I've worn a lot of different hats, but um, mostly came and found my way to Vivint, both from um, people I've known who've worked here, really enjoyed it, um, but also leaving the Bay Area to come have a better quality of life in, in Utah. That's amazing. It sounds like you've done, you dipped your toes into lots of different fields. So would you say that things from like high school and college, what did you major in in college? So I majored in Russian history in college. And um, I actually initially wanted to get a business degree for my undergrad, but my parents were really insistent on getting on me focusing on a liberal arts degree um, and then planning to go to graduate school. So master's program was always in the books for me. Awesome. Same with my older sisters. One has a is an MD, another has a PhD, and I have an oh. MBA. So education Amazing. has always been first and foremost in my family. Um, so I'm really grateful that I had mm. that that kind of roadmap laid in front of me from an early age. Um, and so I always knew a liberal arts degree was going to be the way that I go and then get some work experience and then um, apply for an MBA program. Okay, that's, that's so cool. It was Russian, it was liberal arts, liberal arts, and then you ended up to business. So would you say that that kind of is what sparked your and just wanted to do tech or was it always just you wanted to, knew you wanted to do business and know exactly what it was going to be? I like think, how, how'd you know you wanted to do tech? Yeah. So tech, um, I, tech kind of found me as a way uh, when I was working at different internships or um, jobs after college, I was always interested in finding a technological solution. So if you have a problem, it's like, do we throw people at it or can we find a shortcut using technology. Um, And so that was always sort of in my DNA. And I was always really interested back in, um, you know, I was one of the first schools on Facebook in 2004. And I was always opting in for these blogs and following, uh, you know, venture capitalists and the new technologies that they were investing in. I had a Twitter account in 2005. So I was always interested in kind of what was going on. Um, But I saw technology as a solution in every job that I ever worked at. Um, And so it made sense when I naturally eventually found my way into technology. And part of it was was just the environment that I was in. Living in San Francisco, eventually everybody finds their way into technology, whether you like it or not. Um, And then in terms of like the business side of things... I always, from a very young age, just really found the business um, business problems interesting. I started working when I was 15 at a bakery and soon was managing the whole bakery and just awesome. started getting internships in, in high school to um, expose me to different industries. So I like went and sat on a trading floor in New York City when I was 16 
um, to see if I wanted to be a trader and um, went and met with investment bankers to see if I wanted to find my way into banking or um, eventually I did an internship in operations and supply chain for Gucci and realized I never wanted to work in the fashion industry, but I really loved the idea of operations and supply chain. So I ended up working in the grocery industry for five years instead of fashion, but in the same function. So it was really just a matter of like trial and error in some ways to figure out where, where the problem set was most interesting to me. Oh my gosh, that's, you've done so many different things. I've done so many different things. All of that. So would you say consulting, were you able, like, is that you just were looking and trying to fix up companies and did you use technology yeah, so so um, after my my I finished my MBA program, I I went into management consulting, partially because I viewed uh, management consulting almost like a two year additional MBA, but instead I was getting paid instead of paying for my school. Um, and what uh, management consulting does is it exposes you to a ton of different industries, a ton of different problem sets. I I went from everything working at one firm. Um, I had clients in um, the fintech space. I had clients in um, the medical device space. I worked with aerospace and defense companies, all within a span of a year and a half. And in almost every circumstance, technology was a part of, you know, whether it was the company's business itself or a solution to a problem we were trying to solve for them. It was something you could never get away from. Um, but um, consulting was a really great learning opportunity, both in terms of exposure to different industries, but also the toolkit that you get and the skills that you learn in terms of like how to build presentations, how to do data analytics, how to do financial analysis, and how to use those in real world areas and how to present that information and insights to real clients. Um, that was invaluable Uh and also how to work extremely long hours and manage your own time. <laughs> yes. I feel because just like looking into college right now, they're saying I want to take a major and a minor. And I've kind of heard to maybe do like diverse things like I want to do like business economics and then maybe do like psychology because they're so different, but two different skill sets can help you with things. So do you think like doing so many different things that are all so different from each other have all helped you into where you are now? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it really depends on your personality. Okay. So I'm the kind of person that gets really invigorated and excited by doing too many things. Um, I like to, I have like 10 million friends. I want to meet everybody. I want to go everywhere. That's just kind of my personality. And so me having a lot of different interest areas all combine to somehow put me at a place where I am today. It's only kind of in hindsight that I'm able to draw, find, identify those moments where I'm like, oh, that's actually why I did that because it got me to X, Y, Z place. Yeah. Um, but I think there's other people that have, you know, their personalities where they, they lose energy and having so many different interests and so many yeah. different areas of focus. And that's just purely exhausting to them. And so they may benefit from like, you know what, I really just want to focus on computer science. And, and that's really where I want to go deep and I want to become an expert in this. And that's also really important because you need all different kinds of skill sets to come together in an organization to make it run because not everyone can be kind of like a generalist, which is what I would call myself. Okay. Um, you need the expert. You need someone who's like, all I care about is database infrastructure 
And I'm like, I know some about that, but like, I'm not the expert. Glad I have you. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the personality kind of depends. I've heard that one too. That's, that's so cool that you've done everything though. I'm like so impressed by you. But so would you, would you say that like the way the world's kind of advancing a little bit, like technology is becoming more and more important. I think most people that like maybe some of our listeners that are girls and they think about what they want to do in college and stuff, would they recommend maybe kind of getting their toes dipped into tech and see if that's going to be something. Cause I know like business will always be, or yeah, business will always matter and those type of things, but like the world's kind of evolving technology a little bit. Yeah. I think, there? I think it's, um, especially for women, tech literacy is incredibly important. Okay. Um, it has traditionally, and I don't know if you're familiar with STEM, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what is it? Science, technology, I forgot what the acronym stands for, but it's, it's orienting towards mathematics and, and sciences and technology. It's been so predominantly male driven forever that one of the ways um, women can differentiate themselves as they're going out into the job market is to have high literacy in the STEM fields, whether it's math, statistics, economics, um, technology, there's a lot of different kinds of technology so having that kind of literacy is just going to like reduce some of the barriers that you may find in in putting yourself out in the workplace compared to more traditional fields of like marketing or HR or areas where women have traditionally flocked to as more like female friendly yeah. industries and functions. Uh, I think if if young women take the time to invest in the in the Tech, tech space or sciences and math, like you're going to differentiate yourself and and have the opportunity um, at different kinds of companies than you would have if you were like, I'm just going to go have a marketing degree. Yeah, because I feel like not that they're bad, but it's so not many bad. Do it. It's just it's um, it's just more common. Yeah. So, would you say that in your career, have you faced lots of different kind of like not gender bias, but maybe people that have necessarily believed in you or face challenges that you've had to like work through to get make you stronger of course but that you've had to get to get in your spot in your career now I, I mean it's something that my my female friends and I and women friends talk a lot about especially yeah. as we've gotten older and and been looking at having families and balancing all of that there's a big tension uh, there is an expectation for women to do it all and uh, and to not um and, and especially in the professional sense, you also are kind of expected to perform above and beyond what your male, male counterparts do in order to get the equal amount of recognition. That, should, that's, that shouldn't happen. It's just how the world works. Oh my gosh, that's and so, so that puts a lot of pressure on women who are trying to um, rise up, you know, this is the whole like glass ceiling, ceiling thing is, is, is it's exhausting. It is exhausting trying mm-hmm. to get past that glass ceiling because you have to continue to outperform your male peers. But often women are, you know, have these huge family commitments and their partners at home don't feel the same pressure to contribute to the household that they do. So it's like your COO and CEO of your household, but you're also trying to maintain this high pressure career and your partner may or may not have the same same internal dialogue with themselves about, am I contributing in the home front? I would say 
that conversation and getting to, um, there's a book that I read a long time ago that was interesting. I take all self-help and business books with a grain of salt, but there was a book called um, Getting to 50-50 about how working uh, partners, this was a spe- specifically heterosexual male-female marriages. It didn't really talk about anything outside of that norm, so also limited. Um but how the different dynamics that are happening in households when to when both parents work and kind of the like trade-offs and the frustrations of each of the parents and and what what does that mean to getting to 50-50 partnership and as much as you know yeah I see friends of mine who've been who are married to friends that we went to business school with it's like a man and a woman who went to business school with me I see this playing out 10 years later where in most cases the female partner is doing everything and, and like the, and the CEO of their own company. And they're just having to do it all. And they're just having to do it all. And so that's, that's where it gets a little bit disheartening. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't mean that we don't keep trying. And I think the ways out of that is I actually think COVID was a huge, interesting shakeup of how we think about how we work um, in terms of, in some cases, women had to like exit the workforce in much higher numbers than men because they were having to do the homeschooling and all of that with their kids. Um, but in other circumstances, it's creating more equal opportunities for fathers to be like, I'm not coming in five days a week. Yeah, I need to be home with my kids to support my wife in her career or whatever. Which there's there's just awesome. a lot more, more flexibility in, in how we work. And I think those kinds of flexibility conversations have been what we've needed for a generation. Yeah. Um, so I'm slightly optimistic that we can make improvements. Yes. Um, I know that's exci- that makes me excited because I'm like, we, that should be normal. Like, it should be where it's not women need to be expected to do more. Like, we are equal, you know? And- yeah, yeah. And it's also about women learning to um, articulate their own needs. Mm-hmm. You know, I just need to say no. Yeah. That's really hard. And it's really hard in the workplace to say no also because you're like, I want to do better. I want to do better. I want to be the best. I want to be an equal playing field. You know, I'm the only senior woman in technology right now at Vivin. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And and I have to be really careful to be like, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that because I'm a type A person and I like doing everything. I have to be like, no. Exactly. I'm not doing that. Yes. I need to like, and, and there's no, there's no excuses. There's no like explanation. It's just, nope. Yeah. Cause it's like someone else can do it. Right. Or I'm not available. Okay. And are people usually understanding of that? Absolutely. People okay. respect me for it. Good. So would you say that like, so, okay. So since you're over the whole app scene here at event, what's like your day to day look like? Like every day you come in, are you running a team? Are you hiring, firing or what is it? Um, So a huge portion of my time is um, first and foremost is keeping a pulse on how the whole team is doing. How are people feeling? Are people stressed? Are they happy? Are they sad? Are we keeping momentum on things? Wait, how big is your team? So I have about 30 to 40 people in in the core apps vertical that I am responsible for their well-being. Oh, and are they all reporting to you? Um, no, so only four, only four product managers report to me, but okay. I have a tech lead who's based in Utah, or sorry, um, Boston, and um, 
And then we have a couple UX people and all the engineers kind of report in through my tech lead. But as a vertical lead, at the end of the day, the buck stops with me in terms of how the entire vertical is is functioning. That is so cool. Oh it's cool, gosh. but it's okay. a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Responsibility because like You've... if things go badly, like it's it's on me. Yeah. Um, which I like. Uh I you know, I like having that autonomy and that authority. Um, and I also focus a lot on setting culture for the team and how do we behave as a team? How do we have positive conflict with each other? How do we have psychological safety on the team? How do, do people feel comfortable coming to me or their manager to express problems? Uh, yes or no. If not, what can we do to change that? Mm-hmm. And that's all on top of, are we just actually shipping new products on the, on the, case, uh, on the cadence and at the high quality that we need to in order to keep our customers happy? But on a day-to-day basis, the majority of my time and what I think about is how is the team doing? And that could, you know, translate into me having one-on-ones with people to um, figuring out what our team strategy is so people know what they should be working on. Um, and I spend a huge amount of time on hiring and interviewing and um, bring in. making sure people don't leave. Oh, my gosh. That is, you have a big responsibility, but... That probably keeps things exciting because you're yeah, up for the I challenge. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'm such a people person. Yeah. And I have been managing people for 15 years plus. And that's where I gain a lot of energy is seeing the career progression of the people that I've been developing. There's nothing more exciting than when you get to promote somebody and because then, you've like built them can up. Can you see? Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. That makes me excited to be like the one they work because like it probably took you a while to get here, but like... You're still young. You're still going to keep going and get higher up. and Yeah, it's oh really fun. Gosh. And it's easy to get sucked into. Like, yeah. I have a workaholic tendency, and it's really easy for me to be like, let me just do this next thing. Let me just do this yeah. one thing for the team. Let me just do this one thing for the team. But then I have this rule, like, Friday afternoons, I don't book any meetings. Because you're like, I need my time. I need my time. I usually use that time to go for a run or clean up stuff for the, you know, for the next week. Um, But like, I just block my calendar off and I have like, people have to personally ask me if, if they can meet with me on a Friday afternoon. And most of the time I book it to the following week. Yeah. And I just protect my space like that. Because you need it. Uh, That's healthy and that's good. Yeah. Do you, so you work with people from not just Utah, but it's all over. Mm -hmm. You are you, are you talking to them every day too? And stuff? Yes. Yep. Yep. I, I'm on the phone with my Boston team all day, all the time. And then a lot of what we do is, is use Slack for a, for a lot of our communication. Okay. And do you go out and visit them or are you out? Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually in, in, um, in uh, Boston two weeks ago ish. Okay. And we actually flew out a bunch of folks from our e-commerce team and we had a big offsite um, doing strategy for how we're going to use the app to drive e-commerce. This is just yeah. like super fun. And like that's And then we just... did some fun things too. Like we went out, and we ate a lot of lobster and yeah. um did some like team building stuff. It was so really it's fun. like so many different little parts of a company and they're all meeting and it's a whole big thing to make it come together. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Okay, well, thank you. We have one last question for you. This has been so cool to hear your story and everything. So what would you kind of get, what's, what's some advice you'd give to young girls that are kind of thinking about working in the workforce or maybe unsure or like a little bit like scared or nervous? Like what's, what's your advice for us? Yeah, I would say um, 
Go read some stuff. I was going to say, go read a magazine, but I don't think young people read magazines. I love magazines. Um, go pick up some company, like magazines like Fast Company or go on Medium and just start reading through stuff and yeah. see if any of that stuff is interesting to you. If you're like, oh, these are interesting problems, um, just go start getting immersed in kind of like what the business world is thinking about. And Fast Company and Medium are just kind of like tech forward uh, publications. Um, the other thing is like, get a summer job. And in, when you're in that summer job, think about like, what does it mean for this business to be successful? How, you know, let's say you're working retail even, what does it mean to be the manager of the retail store? And what are the different things that manager has to think about? And is that fun and exciting to you? Um, I think the best thing you can do is just go get some experience at a young age because then you can start to be like, oh, this was really awesome. I love this. Or you're like, oh my gosh, no. Like, I, I don't this. like this. Yeah. I don't like this at all. And that starts to inform you of like, oh, like that's how I found it. I thought I'd always wanted to work in high fashion. Mm-hmm. I went and worked in high fashion. I hated it. This is not for me. I was like, yeah. these people are terrible. Like, <laughs> no. no, and they're not very smart. Okay, yeah. I don't, this is not exciting to me. Whereas I went and then went into the grocery industry, loved it. Okay, so see, it's, you never know. It's trial and error. Yes. Um, so I think the, like, the, the thing I can say is to young women in high school and stuff is start reading and, and just go get some experience. Even Or even if you're like, doing a temp work at a whatever company, you know, like temp work, like uh, mm-hmm. you go in as temps and do typing, talk to the managers and be like, hey, tell me about your career path. What skills did you need to learn in order to get this position? Because you're just starting to kind of gain an understanding of what the different possibilities are out there. Okay. I thank you. That's so important because I think Phones have been a huge thing, so nobody's reading as much anymore. And it's so crucial to read and find out more. And you can so, do all that reading on your phone. Yeah. Start following blogs. Uh, start do following... Ugh, what do I read? I don't have time to read. I read fiction, so that's like... Um, <laughs> but um, let me think if there's some other resources I would direct yeah. people to. Um, but even just like the influencers on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook... Those are business people. Yeah. Think about how they're doing that, and what is what are they what are the goals that they're trying to achieve? And if they're just trying to make money, how are they doing it? How are they attracting followers? Yeah. Like everything is a, like can be thought about in terms of a business. To change our mindset a little, just to think a little bit outside the box. Yeah, like, and be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure I'd want to do that. Would I ever want to be an influencer? No. When I go on vacation, the last thing I want to do is to be obligated to post about something. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Me too. Well, thank you so much. That was so exciting to hear from you. And I know our listeners will love it too. Yeah, sounds great. 